In the Bible, we read some dramatic accounts of God calling people to a specific task. Andrew Scott says, if you get that kind of dramatic call, follow it. But even without that kind of experience, you can still engage in building God's kingdom. If you hear a donkey speak, if you see a light, if you see a burning bush and God tells you to do something, get on the next plane, right? Or do whatever it is that right away. But don't think you have to wait for that to live out all of your life for the purpose of God. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in the studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with Andrew Scott. Andrew is the leader of Operation Mobilization USA. Uh, he has served in that role for 10 years, I understand, this this month, 10 years. He's also the author of a book called Scatter, Go Therefore and Take Your Job With You. Andrew's been with us before here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Andrew, welcome back to VOM Radio. Thank you so much, Todd. It's always a pleasure to be with you, yeah. It seems like every conversation I have right now starts with this question, <laughs> so so I'll ask you as well. How is coronavirus affecting OM and affecting your work around the world? Yeah, that's the topic of the day, it <laughs> seems. Yeah, I, I, I would say, I mean, obviously there's the challenges that it has brought, uh, everything from the travel restrictions where we're not able to go to some of the places that we would like to go and, and people that want to join are not able to join right now to, to make those those trips. Um, but also, of course, our workers on the ground, even in, in when they're living in a community, they're restricted as to what they can do in reaching out. But uh, the, there's the opportunities with it as well, which are just incredibly uh, exciting to see how many of our workers, many of the churches we're connected to are leaning into the challenge of COVID-19 and are finding ways to minister to people and actually finding acceleration in some of their, their outreaches where people are, are obviously in a place of need and are responding very quickly to our help. Can you give us some examples? Because I think we're going through this here in America, too, right. and I hope we can train ourselves as Christians to say, hey, what are the opportunities that might be involved in this situation, this, the situation that we didn't want? Yeah, yeah. But can you give us some examples of, of how people are leaning into that? Right. Well, our work over in Southeast Asia, especially in a, an area of the world where there's a lot of unreached people, people that are living outside of the access to the gospel. Uh, I was just talking to the leader actually very recently about this and how uh, they were hoping to uh, find ways to connect more deeply with some of the local leaders, the, the, the men and women that are seeking to lead these church planning efforts that we have. And they were struggling with some of those, the mechanisms and the methods we were using, but COVID-19 caused them to have to do everything virtually, right? And they found in that moment that that brought a focus to their efforts. 
and it uh, created space for them to go deeper with these leaders. So in, in summary then, what was happening beforehand was they were doing a lot of different things. Now they could only do one thing and it was focused on the leaders, not on the many people in the community. And so this focused time and energy towards pouring into local national leaders has, they've, they've said that they've seen these leaders go further in their understanding of the scriptures, be trained more deeply in their understanding of how to reach their community. And the, the word he used or the phrase he used was, we are preparing them for, for great acceleration when COVID-19 starts to ease off. So it created this opportunity to go deep and far in an area that they wanted to go deep and far, mm -hmm. but often they, the clutter of, as someone described it recently, the tidal wave of everything else you're trying to do was taken away from them. And they could only do this one thing and we were able to go further faster. So that's one example of where we found the opportunity in the midst of the challenge to focus in on one thing and go deep and far with it. I think that's a challenge for our listeners, and I would love to hear from you. If, you, if you're listening, how has COVID affected mm. or, or where have you found opportunities in the midst of coronavirus for more ministry or for different ministry or more focus on ministry? If you come to VOMRadio.net, you can send me a note. I would love to hear from you. How are you adapting and, and how are you seeing God work in the midst of coronavirus we're talking this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Andrew Scott. He is the leader of Operation Mobilization USA. Andrew, let's talk about your message for American Christians as it relates to missions and to seeing the gospel declared to people of every tribe and tongue and nation. What are the things American Christians and VOM Radio listeners, what are the things we need to hear and, and we need to understand about that? Yeah, as I've lived out my own life, as I've talked to many people as I go around and speak, I, I often hear you know, people asking the question, what's the purpose of my life? Um, or saying things like, God has not called me to mission, or I'm not so sure if mission is for me. And you know, in, in sitting down and thinking this and through this and going back to the scripture and around the uh, around the time I was writing my book, I, I was trying to find a way to communicate something that I believe maybe we've missed a little bit in the mission effort, where we've where we've made missions about a very select few who are specially called and highly trained who go on behalf of the whole church uh, to reach the unreached. And when I go back to scripture, I realize this amazing truth that we see all throughout Scripture, that first of all, everything was created by him, for him, and is sustained through him. Everything. That includes us, Todd, right? That we were created by him and for him. And so this idea of our identity as the children of God, that we were made in his likeness to be his children. We were, Paul says in Ephesians 1, we were ad adopted into his family. We were loved by him. We were chosen by him. And that's a wonderful thing to think about, that even though Satan tried to distort and destroy and cause sin to happen in the world, Christ has redeemed and restored that. And now we have been adopted back into that family. So we've been given that amazing identity as the children of God. And with that comes this amazing purpose. We don't have to go out and find our purpose, determine our purpose. The one who created us determines our purpose. That's true of everything that was ever created. What's our purpose? Well, we see this in many places, but Paul says in Ephesians 1 that he, he made us as his children so that we would be for the praise of his glory. Our purpose is to live our lives out for the glory of God, to reflect our Father, the one in whose image we're made in everything 
we do. And then Ephesians 2.10, we are a masterpiece. So we're uniquely shaped to do that in many, many different ways. Uh, Whether we're a doctor, an engineer, a father, a brother, uh, a mother, a neighbor, a hairdresser, an electrician, we have many roles in life. And through those roles, we get to fulfill our purpose, which is to reflect our Father in everything we do. So when you ask the question then, what do I want the American church to think think and know about mission? I would say mission, the mission of God is not something you're called to. It's something you're made for, right? And so uh, let's, as the people of God alive today, where God has placed us, let's start living out all of our life, whatever role we have, for the glory of God, making him known wherever we are. And then in the context of global mission is that are there places in the world where you can go and do that for the glory of God? If you're an engineer, why not be an engineer in, in Riyadh? Why not be a doctor in, in uh, the Near East somewhere where you can live that out for the glory of God? It's not that you even in that sense need a call to go do that. You can go do that because that's what you're made for. One of the things, and that's one of the topics of your book, right. the book Scatter, uh, again, Scatter, Go Therefore and Take Your Job With You, is that idea that that we all have a part in this. It's not just the guys who went to Bible school mm-hmm. and went to seminary and, and somehow God, you know, supernaturally called them. Yeah. They're the called ones. Mm-hmm. How, how do people respond to that, especially young people, right. when you share that? How do they respond to the idea? Wait a minute, I don't, I don't have to go to seminary. I could be a doctor. I can be an engineer because yeah. that's what I really want to be. Yeah, yeah. How, how does that message land with them? Yeah, Todd, we're finding it's resonating deeply with uh, this generation, and not just this generation of millennials and now Gen Zs, because I actually believe that God has somehow hardwired them to think this way. Because I also believe it's clear in the Bible that this is true. But I will say this: that we're also finding those that are older are going huh, this makes so much sense to me. I met a doctor one time after I spoke. He came forward and literally in tears told me, all my life I have believed that God has made me to be a doctor. And he had a very specialized part of being a doctor that I could hardly even repeat. It was that specialized. (laughs) And uh, he said, but every time I come to you mission, guys, you tell me I have to, to leave that and go do this thing you call ministry. But I believe God has made me this way so that I can change people's lives and in that context make disciples. And then he started to cry, and he said, today I feel that somehow that feeling's been vindicated. Now, he is on his way to the a very least-reached part of the world to be that and to do that in that country. And so we find it's resonating uh, deeply with people and and uh, setting people. For one businessman told me, he said, I feel that the bars of the, pr- the prison of my life has been opened up now because I felt like a second-class citizen all my life, living as a businessman when some of my friends had gone into full-time ministry. Because they were... They were called, yeah, yeah. and I wasn't. Yeah. Now, let me be clear here. Throughout history and throughout Scripture, God called people. We know that in Scripture. But as Oz Guinness says in his book, let, let's not make the experience of a few the expectation of the many, right? So I, what I say to people, if, if you hear a donkey speak, if you see a light, <laughs> if you see a burning bush and God tells you to do something, get on the next plane, right? Or do whatever it is that right away. But don't think you have to wait for that to live out all of your life for the purpose of God. How does this play into hobbies and mm. things like that? Because right. I, I, we talked before yeah. we started recording. You play soccer, right? Uh, I looked on your web, on the website. You also raise dogs. Right. Those are not things that right. most people would identify with. Well, maybe that's a pathway right. to ministry. Exactly. Talk about how those 
Yeah, yeah. Those realities yeah. play out. Again, going back to what we said at the, at the beginning, all things were created by him and for him and are sustained through him. And I believe that the passions that we have been given, you have a unique set of passions uh, different from mine, and we all have a unique set of passions. Now, we know that everything can be used for evil, right? That's what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to distort what God put in us to be used for something that's not reflective of the image of God in us. But through Christ, we are a new creation. And so all these things have been brought back to the place where they can be redeemed and restored and used for the glory of God. So I I, I say, you know, it's it's whatever we do. Uh, and, and Paul says that whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I often joke that word whatever in Greek means whatever, right? <laughs> well, and he even applies it to what you eat and drink, uh-huh. right? So if you, if you love golf, if you're passionate about golf, the question then becomes is how do I do this for the glory of God? Now, it's not just about being an excellent golfer, but it's by your attitude, your actions, your interaction with the people you're playing, that they can see something different in your life when you're on the soccer field, when you're, when you're out sailing, whatever it is you're, you're passionate about uh, and you have hobbies. Can they see in and through your life something different that causes them to go, huh, that's attractive. There's something there. Now, as, as Paul and Peter both say, even though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they'll see your good deeds. They'll see something good in you because that's the image of God, right? And they'll they'll glorify God. And so, yeah, I, I try to do that in the soccer field. The relationships that my uh, activity in the dog showing world and the dog breeding world have given me are just wonderful ways for me to interact with people that never go to church, have no time for God. I mean, I could share a few stories in that regard, even just recently being able to pray with a, a couple who mentored me in dog breeding, and he, she was dying of cancer. And they called me and said, Andrew, we know your life. Would you pray with us? Wow. Because we believe you have a relationship with God. And so I was able to talk to them about God and pray with them, right? And that was and because— somebody you never would have had a connection no. with outside of that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Andrew Scott. He is the leader of Operation Mobilization USA, uh, OM for short. We have had George Verwer. We have had Dale Rotan here on VOM Radio previously. If you're interested in hearing more about the history of OM, you can find those interviews at vomradio.net or search for VOM Radio wherever you listen to podcasts Andrew, there was a time when America and England were kind of the mission senders, sort of the the rich Western nation sent the missionaries out to the poor every other nation. That's kind of changing. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Right. Yeah, good point, Todd. I think we are in a new era of missions, and we praise God for that. Of course, we celebrate the past, right? Mm-hmm. We celebrate how many went and gave up so much. In fact, in the early days, they took their coffin with them. We often hear those stories, and many give their lives for, for uh, the sake of the gospel among the nations. But, but we're in an era now where, because of the effectiveness of their work, the church has now, uh, has now grown to where the church in the non-West is now bigger in number than the church in the West. Actually, by it's a two-thirds, one-thirds are getting very close to that, which is, we praise God for that. So what that means then is that the, the, the majority— of the people of God are living within close proximity, either geographically or culturally, to where the least reached people of the world are. So that's an amazing thing that the church in, in sub-Saharan Africa has, has grown. The church in India has grown. The church in China has grown. And so we have to then ask the question, what does this mean for the global mission effort? And, and so in OM, we're talking about this new workforce 
uh, that that is available. And and it's not a a workforce that we as the West come and dominate and domineer over. Uh, but how do we see leadership rise from these parts of the world where they can be the leading voice in the mission? So a new workforce of the global church. When you, uh, we talk about new pathways where we want to invite in, and it goes back to my book again, the 99% of the body of Christ, whether they're in the global south or the west, uh, 99% of the body of, of Christ who, who maybe have believed, yes, God made me to be an engineer, but have never felt that they're part of the global mission effort. And we want to invite them in and say, no, we want to build pathways for any follower of Jesus who wants to live their life out for the glory of God somewhere among the least reached. We want to build pathways. So how do we find you jobs to be an engineer or a, an electrician or a nurse somewhere in the least reached world? And Scatter Global is an initiative, scatterglobal.com. People can check that out, where we have, have built some pathways for people to go do that. And then the third thing is platform. We recognize that the structures and models that we've built were built in the West for the West and primarily privileged Westerners who had access to wealth, right? And so how do we ensure that the structures of our organizations are structures uh, that can be built, purpose-built for the global south so that many, many can step into that purpose. So this is a new day, Todd. And again, celebrating the past, but also embracing a future that looks incredibly different and celebrating that as well. And one of the blessings of that is, uh, like you talked about, the access question. Right. People with, a say, a Kenyan passport can go and get into some places that I, with an American passport, have right. no chance of getting right. into. Um, so it's there's that access. Talk a little more about the issue of platforms and how you're adapting for the new reality as opposed to the old reality. Well, I think one one big area that in the in the context of what we would say as platform structures is is moving away from an organization that sees themselves either as the gatekeeper to the mission of God, where you have to join us to come on mission, or even a funnel that that we sift through a whole bunch of people and get this very finely tuned, highly trained group of people to where we invite the body of Christ to say, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, you were made to live your life on mission with God? And how do we awaken you to that idea uh, and then equip you to go do it? So so somebody who comes to faith in a Muslim context from a Muslim background, how, how do we equip them where they're at to reach people? And you don't have to join OM to do that, right? That, don't join. So we talk about a cloud and a core, that we're, there'll be a core group, uh, in a sense, almost like Uber or Airbnb, a core group of people that equip the many to go and live this out. So I think that's one one way that we would talk about the different platforms. But in that context also that, uh, you know, the idea of finding either helping people to take jobs or make jobs all over the world, that we can intersect society on every level, uh, not maybe as we would have seen it in the past as the preachers, but as people who are living out all of their life. And in that context, inviting people into discussions about Jesus uh, and, and bringing that to bear in that community. And we talked about this the last time you were here, as the son of missionaries who had to raise their own support, uh, the idea that you go and have a job and you don't have to raise support, mm -hmm. you, you get paid. You get a salary for being there mm -hmm. and for doing this. Uh, I think that's a draw. But Todd, let me just say, it, it's, and you're absolutely right, by the way, and I think we've got a generation coming through for multiple reasons don't want to raise support. Most of our, most of my gener our generation in our organization, our kids are not even looking at our model to go do it. But they are quite open to living their life out for the purpose uh -huh. of God in a different way. But more importantly, going back to the Global South again, 
right? Let me give you a very brief example of this. In Brazil, the vast majority of people live in about $250 or less a month, right? Now, if they had to join OM, if they were to join OM to go to a part of the world where we want to reach out. Now, we're one of the, the cheaper mission organizations to join, right? They would need almost 10 times their monthly salary per month to join us. It's about $2,500 a month to be a worker with us in this part, uh -huh. the particular part of the world I'm thinking wow. about. 10 times their salary, right? So, so anybody in Brazil looks at that and says, there's it's no impossible. way. It's impossible. I mean, some people, well, we see support raising the Bible. Yes, we do. But the part of the issue is we've made it the only model to send people. And it cannot be the only model because really everybody should be doing this wherever they are, right? You don't need, And so, yeah, we, we, you bring up an amazing point and, and we have to pay attention to this. Not only will it will allow many more from America to go, but it will also enable uh, people from anywhere in the world to have a sustainable way of living uh, and, and stepping into new communities. So thank you for bringing that up. That's an excellent point. We're talking with Andrew Scott. He is the leader of OMUSA. Uh, Andrew, one of your roles is to kind of connect within the missions community. Obviously, you're here at Voice yeah. of the Martyrs today. Do you see more, a, a greater sense of unity, a greater sense of, hey, we're all in this together than you did 10 years ago or, or 50 years ago in the missions community? Yeah, I think I think that um, I think we've gone through a little bit of a phase where there was a big push towards partnership, and now I think the word is more collaboration. Um, and I do see that. I do see attempts at it anyway, Todd. That that we're really trying because, you know, if we're if we are real with ourselves, number one, not any one organization has been given the totality of the mission of God. Right? That's for sure. <laughs> Secondly, even if we thought we had, we, there's no way we can do it our, on our own. You know, so uh, this is why we love VOM. We come here, and you, you folks have a very unique and very specific focus that completely intersects with the parts of the world where we work, but we're, we are doing different things than you, not, not contrasting things, but uh, complementary things. And so how do we find those organizations? You can't partner with everybody. You can't collaborate with everybody, but can you find a handful of groups that we can, you can work with that have a similar vision, a similar passion, that are maybe doing things that are different from you, unique to you and what you're doing? and work together, uh, and, and I believe we will go further faster together. So yeah, I, I, we're seeing that. It's hard work because we're not partnering as individuals, we're partnering as organizations or institutions, and, and that's a little clunky sometimes, but it's worth it if we can go further faster in bringing the gospel to the nation, so. Amen. Andrew, what's the biggest challenge in your work right now? You know, Todd, I, 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 this answer for me hasn't changed so much over the last few years. I think for me personally, and I think for people in my position, the, the, the challenge uh, is to have the courage to take the steps that you see are necessary. Because we live in a fast-changing world. Uh, the speed of change is increasing rapidly every year. And then we just had February this year, <laughs> where it went on warp speed, right? And even talking to you know your leadership team here, that the, the challenges that you face ahead of, of not being able to travel, and, and so we know that massive change is needed, radical change is needed, disruptive change will be needed in the days ahead. Uh, having the courage to step into those changes, wisdom to know what are the right changes, right? But then the courage to step into that. I think, to be honest, that's the thing that keeps me up at night is will will I settle for the status quo knowing that, yeah, we can keep going, 
or will I have the courage to make the necessary changes along with other leaders? Our organizations move further towards getting the gospel to an ever-growing number of unreached in the world. And of course, the practical aspect of that is COVID-19 is right in front, and that's the, the, right. the changes that we're seeing. And, and some of our the things we do will, will not go back to what they were. Um, but will we hold on to those things right. and, uh, as sacred cows, or will we let go of them and grab for whatever's next and, and uh, better? So. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Andrew Scott. He is the leader of Operation Mobilization USA. He's also the author of a book, Scatter, Go Therefore and Take Your Job With You. We'll give you a link to that on vomradio.net. What do you say to young people, or and we've talked about this, maybe even older people, maybe retirees, who are feeling that tug of, hey, I think God wants me to go. How do you advise them as they process through that tug all the way to the point of saying, okay, I'm getting on the right. plane, I'm going? I think the first thing I would say is that you can. <laughs> you can. Don't wait for the big sky hook. I, you know, I think we, we somehow feel that, that we need the burning bush or we need the blinding light. You can go. Secondly is uh, journey with others. Uh, and, and, of course, that's what organizations like OM are there for. We, you know, if you're in that spot, go to, you can come to om.org or scatterglobal.com. Th- th- those are sites that we've built to help you uh, and come alongside you in that journey where we can just advise you, you know, is what, what would this look like? How do we help you find a job? How do we help you get ready for an interview in a cross-cultural environment? Uh, how do we help you find community? That's huge when you mm-hmm. go. How do we help you find the tools you'll need? Because if you're a doctor and you get a job in Riyadh, you're not going to be able to go for six months training somewhere to, to, to prepare for that. You're, you know, you can't have a hole in your resume. You can't, you don't have the time to do that. So how to, can we help you find the tools? How can we help you find that job or prepare for the job? And how can we help you find community? So you can, and then journey with people to help you prepare yourself well for that uh, journey. I love your first answer. You can. I think that's such an encouragement to people. Yes, you can. You can do this. Uh, And I would encourage people, this is something when I get the chance to speak to young people or particularly college-age people, before you take a full-time job, go on some kind of cross-cultural experience. Uh, Get a passport, go somewhere, uh, and just experience that because it is, it's going to change you. It's going to change how you see the world. It's going to change how you pray. Um, so I encourage people, and I love that answer. You can. Last thing, Andrew, and we always try to equip our listeners to pray. So I'm going to ask you some prayer questions. And uh, the people that we just talked about, the people who are hearing that, that tug, that call, how do we pray for those people? Maybe they're in our churches. Maybe they're in our families. But how do we pray for them? Yeah, I think uh, the prayer that I pray constantly for those that hear this message or, or those that are those that are seeking to follow Jesus is that their eyes and their mind, and of course we see this in Ephesians 1 at the very bottom, Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be opened. First of all, to who you are, right? <laughs> this incredible identity that God has given you. And then secondly, to the reality of the incredible purpose that God has made for, made you for. So praying for the, 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 the Jesus followers in this country that they'll be awakened to the greatness of their identity and purpose 
so that they can then live out who they are. Because if you don't know who you are, it's really hard to be who you are. So that we can truly be awakened. And even those that will be hearing this and will commit to praying for those, that they too, the prayers, will be awakened to this idea. All of us will that we will be awakened to who we are and why we are as the people of God. Because if we waken up to this, we will see the world changed because that's who God created us to be and what he created us to do. So second question, for the people who are serving cross-culturally right now, maybe they're in Riyadh, maybe they're in Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. how can we pray for them? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going through very challenging times. We all know what it's like to be quarantined in our home that we've lived in for many, many years in our community that that for most of us, if we live in a, unless we live in the heart of some of our major cities, we've been able to go out and walk in our neighborhood. We're we'll able to go to some, many of our folks are in places where uh, they don't have access to some of those conveniences and, and quarantine has been really tough. The other part of the toughness of the quarantine has been knowing that if a family member back home gets sick and potentially is dying or dies, they can't get they can't get there. They can't be with those family members, and that's taking, I believe, a toll on a lot of our cross cultural workers. You know, in any agency across the world, so the lack of access to care and maybe even broader community and availability to get out and about, and then that the, the, just that ongoing concern of what happens if something happens. Uh, is a, a, just an ongoing fear. So a real sense of peace, pray for peace, pray for, for comfort, pray for courage, pray for good community. And, and even for the, our listeners today is to think of if you know somebody, reach out to them with an email or maybe a FaceTime or a Zoom call and just ask them how they're doing and, and, and help them to have contact with a broader community. Last question, Andrew. How do we pray for OM and, and for you and for your staff there? Right. Thank you for asking, and I appreciate the prayers of, of all those that are listening. I know there's many people have been praying and will pray, but again, we're going through these massive disruptive changes just like VOM. Is that how, how do we lean into the necessary changes and not get distracted by a bunch of other stuff? Um, courage to change quickly. And then in the midst of it all, how do we care well for those that we minister to and those that are part of our organization? Because we can't... Um, be focused on big structural changes and initiative changes and lose sight of the people that we both minister to and those that are ministering on our behalf. Uh, that's that's key. So we, we have launched an initiative to do that, and we're really very thankful for the response to it. But we want to keep caring for, for those uh, and that we will care well. Amen. We've been talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Andrew Scott. He is the leader of Operation Mobilization USA. He's the author of a book called Scatter, Go Therefore and Take Your Job With You. We will give you a link to buy a copy of the book when you come to vomradio.net. Andrew, it's always a pleasure to get the chance to connect. We so appreciate OM and the work that you do. Thanks for being our guest on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd. And likewise, we deeply appreciate the work of VOM and continue to celebrate it and cheer you on. Maybe you know someone who has a heart to be on mission with God. They're wondering about how God is calling them to spend the next season of their lives. Maybe that person is a college student just launching out into their career. Maybe it's a person approaching retirement and thinking about what God would have them do in their retirement years. This conversation with Andrew Scott could be just what they need to hear. 
I hope you'll share a link to this podcast episode or to our website, vomradio.net. Again, that web address, vomradio.net. Next week, we're going to focus on the Islamic Republic of Iran. How is the gospel affecting the people of Iran? How are Christians there being persecuted? Be encouraged about God's work in Iran and learn how to pray for our brothers and sisters there next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.